are so honored that you're here with us for season three. We want to share, connect, and grow the paper flower community with you. Welcome to Paper Talk. If you're looking for a way to support us, please hit subscribe and write us a review. We would appreciate it so much. You can also support us as a patron on patreon.com. Your contribution would help us continue to create great content for you and the paper flower community. Thank you for listening to this episode of Paper Talk. Today's episode is sponsored by patron Jennifer Desplant. We appreciate your donation and we're excited to keep creating content for the paper flower community. If you're interested in supporting us, head on over to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash paper talk and sign up as a patron. We would love to see you there. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Paper Talk. Today, we have Chantelle Rock with us of Paper and Peony. And Chantelle is a fellow Canadian. She works and lives out of Moncton, New Brunswick. Hi, Chantelle. Hi, Chantelle. Hi, ladies. <laughs> We're so thrilled to have you here. It's been a while since actually having connected with you a couple of years back when I was starting out on my paper flower journey and you were doing so many great things already. But if you guys don't know, Chantel has a book out. So when I was approached to write my own book, the first person I thought of reaching out to was Chantel. I was like, you know what? I need to talk to someone about this because I'm not quite sure what I'm doing. And Chantel was so nice to, you know, give me some time of her day to answer all my questions and to really give me great advice on how to approach my publisher and what to look out for. Not to mention also Chantel is part of our, uh, well, is part of our paper flower community. And I had the honor of speaking to her on a Facebook live a couple of years ago in our Facebook group. And she had showed up, showed up with her beautiful wallflowers. I still remember that. Yes. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like that's the work that I see coming out of her Instagram page. And so we are so excited to talk to her today, a couple of years later to catch up and to see where her paper flower journey is. But Chantel, uh, do you mind telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and, and your paper flower journey? Yeah, sure. Well, paper flowers, it's when I first discovered the art of shaping paper into flowers, it was just something magical. It just it brings me so much joy. And it all started tiny little paper flowers that I was selling on Etsy as scrapbooking supply. And the demand grew. And then at some point, some lady asked me if I can put my flowers on stems. And I was so insecure about that. I'm like, what if they fall off? (laughs) (laughs) But I ended up doing some research and I visit my local florist to give, she gave me tips how to use floral tape. And then after that, I did my first bouquet on stems, then it's just, uh, it's just automatically my paper flower, my tiny little paper flower business went from scrapbooking supply to weddings, the wedding in <laughs> A giant leap. <laughs> giant leap, yeah. And I knew nothing about it. So it was, it, it, I loved it because it was a challenge. Every day was a challenge. I had to learn it to educate myself. And back then, like we were going back maybe 11 years ago, mm-hmm. there was not so much in, in the industry as we have today. Like we're no. so spoiled now. We have questions. Like the other day, uh, because I work with cardstock. So a few months ago, I had a project and the lady wanted to have a certain kind of flower, geranium. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I remember Laura from Two yes. Clever. She makes most beautiful geranium. So I contacted her and, and asked for a few tips, you know. And I think that's what is lovely with the paper flower community because we can help each other uh, with our designs. And, you know, sometimes when we have to create new flowers. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And we're so, like, we're so lucky that everyone is so generous, mm-hmm. you know generally with like you said sharing just tips and yeah. it makes it so much easier for yourself to kind of feel confident about making a new flower as well yeah, yeah. so yeah so basically just to go back to your question <laughs> as an artist as a paper flower artist um like you you uh, you just keep blooming i guess you know yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so the wedding industry it was something that i had to learn a lot just doing some research mm-hmm. uh, when there's can some... i ask you at the time that you were you were starting this part of your business was it popular for brides to ask for paper flowers or were paper flowers popular at all? They they were, ju- were just starting. And uh, I was really busy at the time with, you know, escort cards and place mm-hmm. cards. It was a big trend back then to be original, you know, at, mm-hmm. you know, for, at weddings. Uh, when yes. you greet your, your guests, you wanted to have something different than just a list on the wall. or And so escort card became really, really popular with mm-hmm. that. And uh, so I started with that. And then uh, bouquet, uh, for some reason, all of a sudden, it just, it just exploded. Mm-hmm. And at some point I was booking weddings like a year in advance. Wow. It was amazing. Like yeah. a wedding week, like at nonstop, like for three, four years, it was, it was like crazy production. Yeah. It's amazing. 
Yeah. Very, very, very busy. Yeah. But I enjoyed the process. I enjoyed this because I, I learned so much from it because every time I do a custom order for my bride, mm-hmm. it was something I had to learn, you know, mm-hmm. like color palettes and, and texture. And sometimes they had different styles. Like I had the more modern bride who wanted to have like some black and turquoise and, and mm-hmm. red, like mm-hmm. very uh, rock and rollish, like yes, to the yes, shabby yes. chic, uh, romantic mm-hmm. or boho style. So it, it was like just this huge industry. I'm like, oh, Oh my goodness like there's no limit really mm-hmm. it's incredible and yeah. each project made me learn something so and I then you see that more and more confidence after yeah that. I mean I know that you use mainly cardstock paper when you were making those bouquets did you make everything like did you cut everything by hand and did you make all the leaves with cardstock or did you mix in other mediums when I first started I only worked with cardstock because that was the easy material for me to find and in Canada I would buy all my paper at Michael's mm-hmm. And back then they were they were a lot cheaper. Yeah. And I would, I would <laughs> and I would look for sales and their coupons. So yeah. I would just stock up like for like hundreds and hundreds of dollars of paper at the time and just taking advantage of their sales. Yeah. So Michaels was my big place where I would find supplies. And then there was a couple of uh, like Darius. I used to buy a lot of Darius uh, in the United yeah. States. My, my stems and the floral yeah. tape like, it was so like good price yeah so I had to find other supplies since but yeah it was basically just cardstock at that time the last few years I haven't been as busy uh, with wedding yeah. I'm more I guess I'm more selective with kind of project <laughs> but I started to include crepe paper in my bouquet but only for the the leaves, mm. the leaves. I find that crepe paper for this it just gives that beautiful texture mm-hmm. and it's just more flowy yeah I, I really really like that as for flowers but I, my paper that I'm comfortable to work with is cardstock and uh, for so, sure yeah. and that that's understandable I mean that's something that you started off with and you've really mastered it I mean I've I, I followed you I think probably from the beginning and I think the the thing that caught my eye was how well your photographs are of your flowers. And I'm sure your flowers are beautiful in person because normally they are actually more beautiful than the photos. But your yes. photos <laughs> capture them so beautifully and you style them so well as, you know, it's, it's so well in that they show off the flowers, but also it's so recognizable. When I look at the photo, I know that it's Chantel. Yes, I know definitely. that, it, you know, your flowers, I know that it's your brand. So tell me a little bit about your approach to photographing your flowers do you you know do you have a certain way of doing it and you know or did you you know how long did it take for you to get to that point where you, you said to yourself okay this is this is the style that is me and represents my art well when I first started selling on Etsy I remember I was reading an article and that like I said it's 10 years ago yeah. and it says uh, the importance of clickable photos so because people are scrolling mm-hmm. and now it's even faster these days <laughs> yes <laughs> so you had to to take some pictures that were really attractive like that mm-hmm. you would just like oh what what is that the lighting is very important mm-hmm. so back then when I first started in my apartment the light was really bad mm-hmm. and they said to use natural so I would take all my pictures outside even when it was like below 40 degrees in the winter (laughs) yeah I had it set up you know and I would that's amazing (laughs) oh yeah it was really important for me for the the light is uh because it shows better you know your product your flowers and then uh, when I moved here in Moncton I couldn't really find a setup it's very windy here (laughs) and I didn't have a spot where I can comfortably uh, photograph my flowers without you know going somewhere (laughs) (laughs) bye-bye So I worked on a little display in, in a room and I had a certain time during the day that it was in the morning. There was a sun in the room, but I was not directly in the sun. Mm-hmm. It, it, I only had like an hour just to take the perfect shot for the perfect light. And then, of course, when I I, I signed the book deal, I took all the photographs for the book. Then I invested in lighting, so, you know, mm-hmm. like that. studio lighting. Yeah, studio lighting. So I didn't have to like if I was finishing a product at midnight, I didn't have to wait till wait, the next yeah. day. But you know what, though? I mean, that says a lot about how much you feel is important like how how sorry how important you think it is to show off your work in a good light because a lot of us do finish our flowers at midnight and then you know you know it's lazy but you're so excited like I want to share it and you take a picture and then you post it and like it just it does 
doesn't do it justice. It's, it's spending. Yeah. It's like uh-huh. spending that time. Like you said, like where there is only that hour, but you know that you want to show off your flower in the best light. So you, you know, you make it that time when you do that, you make yep. it so that you you're able for it afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you give yourself a chance to like, really think about it. It's like, how can I showcase my flower? And there's that time between midnight until, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, you're going to block that time out and you're going to make sure that you have all the right props that will make your flower even pop even better. So mm-hmm. I think investing in that time and just blocking it out. I think a lot of us artists is we're such in a rush to like, okay, we're done and we're finishing it. And then we have to deliver it, but take a deep breath and just say, I need to photograph this for, for Instagram, for social media, for content, for your own self. Cause I think that's the most important thing is being able to look back and seeing your flowers and how you progress. Or it's like, Oh, I made a peony. How did I do it last time? Yeah. You have a photo as a reference. Yeah. That's what you should keep in mind. It's like, it's more than just a rush to take a photo. No, it's your portfolio. I mean, like I look yes. at Chantel, I just look at your Instagram it's and it's beautiful. I know exactly like if I was to contact you and ask for a bouquet, I know exactly what it's going to look like because it's so, con- your work is so consistent and you photograph it so consistently that I know, okay, that must be what it actually looks like. Or at the very least, I know that you have an artistic style that I love and I know that you'll make and create something for me that will reflect your artistic style. And actually, I mean, we go, if you don't mind, I know that before your name wasn't Paper and Peony. So mm-hmm. let's move this discussion to a little bit of branding because your photography itself very much defines your branding. But also I know that you did switch to Paper and Peony and rebranded yourself a couple of years ago. Do you mind telling us a little bit about that decision? Yeah, of course. When I first started, I, I'm a big fan of dragonflies. I think they're just the most beautiful creature. So that's why I called my business Dragonfly Expression at the time. But I was pretty and it was a pretty well, people knew the name Dragonfly Expression. They knew that I was making little paper flowers. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when you Google that name, I was in the first few page, you know, like it was quite incredible. But after a while, when I moved to uh, New Brunswick, I wanted to have an image, you know, like Nike, you see the little check marks and, and you know, yeah. that's Nike. Like yes. you get the name, you just know. Yeah. And I thought I would like to have a logo like with an, an, an image, something that represents Dragonfly mm-hmm. expression. So I uh, start working with a graphic designer and she she kindly suggested that, well, uh, Dragonfly expression, yes, it's pretty, but it doesn't say what I do. And then mm-hmm. it was not at the time, like not just the importance of clickable photo, but you have to kind of quickly say to people what you are in a few words. Like what mm-hmm. you do. Right. So I'm like, okay. And that was really scary. <laughs> I'm sure it was. And the, the whole process, it's it was really, really difficult for me because I knew what I didn't want, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't know what I want. That I don't know sense. if, if yes, that makes that sense. totally like makes I, sense. Yeah. Like, no, I don't want that, but I don't know. I, it's, it was so difficult just to, <laughs> okay, I'm going to stick with this and, yeah. and you know, be... Uh, and go with it, right? Yeah. So she, we worked on different names and then uh, yeah. at some point I'm like, okay, well, I like the paper and peony because I said you can you can do a little P. Mm-hmm. The P with the little leaves. Oh, yeah. So for the logo, right? That's what you For my logo. So yeah. I have to think of that. And she says instead of an image, because back then it was the graphics, you know, like the scripts that was yeah. really in style, like was really... So I'm like, okay, well, let's... let's go with that paper and peony a beautiful graphics but i said i want i want a little image that represent my business so if you see that p you know it you know it's yeah. different yes it's just so different and unique mm-hmm. to the brand yeah so for me that was really important i just wanted to have that beautiful image and then of course with time you, your business grow and it's important to have a branding that represent what you do and and what what you are so yeah so true it looks professional. Yeah. And then no, when I, for sure. it was amazing. It just opened the door to many other great opportunity. The way people find my business, find the, they go to on my website and it's just, I don't know. I think it's, it just, it makes everything look smooth and professional. You want your, your brand, your, to look good, just as good as your flowers. Oh yeah, for sure. So mm-hmm. then with a the graphic designer, what did you hire her to do? A logo, branding colors? What exactly did you ask her to help you well, do? She did the logo, the, the branding colors, like I want to have. Have like a palette she also like there's a tagline custom floral art- artistry so she worked on that and and it's 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 a big process because she just didn't come up with designs for me to pick and like she asked a lot of personal questions like about who I am and, and what I like and just so because you want the logo or the, the branding to represent like that goes with your personality as well it was a beautiful experience mm-hmm. I was really scared though when it was time to launch Paper and Peony because I'm like oh my goodness what if I was at the peak like I mean I was really really busy and I thought maybe I'm 
just going to disappear. <laughs> People would be like, who is Paper and Peony? Who is this person? Yeah. <laughs> but the transition went so well. And it actually, it, the, the business like doubled. Oh, that's awesome. Because mm-hmm. of that, you know, just to have that constant, you know, it's, everything is constant, the, the yeah. image. And, so, and I yeah. would say, I mean, like, if you told me your name was Paper and Peony, I, like you said, it's more descriptive. Dragonfly expression could be, and it's beautiful. I love dragonflies too, but it could be so many different things. Mm-hmm. Expression says to me, maybe I would have guessed Creative. maybe stationary or something like that. Paper related, but maybe stationary. But like paper and peony, it's so much more obvious. And I think peony as well, you choosing the word peony. So, I mean, peony in itself symbolizes so many things and people love peonies. They probably think of pink. They probably think of something feminine, beautiful, maybe high end, maybe unique. So even like choosing the specific words of your name and changing it to paper and peony, I think it, yeah, I think it was a really great decision. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And your, I mean, like any website is beautiful as the well. The aesthetics there is just aesthetics. gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think your graphic designer did a great job getting to know you. You, mm-hmm. you know did you do your own website or did you hire someone to do your website no i just i did it just beautiful <laughs> <laughs> i'm playing with it right now I, I should update a few things you know like in a few years i know but... we always need to update our <laughs> website but yeah it's with uh it's domain it's with wibbly so it's very easy for me like i cannot do anything too complicated it's just yeah. mm-hmm. well i think you did a great job on it it looks clean it looks your flowers show up brand color is all there it's very your messaging is really clear as well I mean, yeah. I love it. I know I can see who you are behind your website. So I think it, it's great. I know when you were talking about your paper flower journey, you did talk about scrapbooking. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how did how did you turn whatever you were doing, whether it was a hobby or a small business into your paper flower business? Right. Okay. <laughs> you have time, ladies? <laughs> we do. Here. Every, honestly, we love hearing about it because everyone's yes. story is different. And it's so, a lot of times we hear these stories and we're like, oh my God, like you were here, here here and now you're back there like it's meant to be there's so many little interesting you know turning points so no we're excited to hear <laughs> yes definitely well I started scrapbooking because my dad passed away and I wanted to create a beautiful album with a souvenir like you know moments memories that we yeah. have together and with the family and also I went through a big change in my life with the divorce so when that happened it's like your circle of friends and, and everything changes in your life but mm-hmm. I still cherish moment with, with really dear people you know like mm-hmm. my and I know to some, some point it can never be the same you know because you change you, I remarried so my my husband now he doesn't speak English so the friends that I had before I still I'm in touch with them but it's not the same as we used you know just because mm-hmm. of life change right sure. <laughs> yes so that's People why I come and go yeah exactly so I created beautiful albums you know that uh, memories that I cherish from all those people that touched me in my life and then after that I started to make little cards with the scrap things left over that I had I'm like oh I'm gonna make some cards and this is when people are like oh your cards are so pretty I would like to buy some from you I'm like oh okay so I start making cards and selling them and one of my girlfriend was making beautiful jewelry so I was in Ontario she's in Quebec and she says why don't we open an online shop together and then you know have different like she'll sell us her jewelry and I, I would do my cards you know mm-hmm. my hand, handmade cards, cards yeah. and uh, so we did that I think we opened a shop I think it's artsy or art fire mm-hmm or an art fire, I think. Yeah, we did that. Mm-hmm. And it was okay. I didn't sell many cards because at the time the market was oversaturated with mm-hmm. handmade cards and I was a beginner. So, I mean, when you looked at all the beautiful cards the ladies were making like for years, you know, like I was no, I was just not into the competition like yeah. at all. <laughs> but I, that's when, when I started to sell the little paper flower as scrapbooking supply. And that just took off like hotcakes, like, like just like this. Yeah. From one day to another, I was like selling kits of mini paper flowers for scrapbooking all over the world. It was incredible. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Did you do this through Etsy or through your own shop? The scrapbooking supplies, after I realized the cards were not selling, I opened my own shop on Etsy. So, and then that's in 2010 when I opened that shop. And uh, yeah, so I went from mini paper flowers to a little bit more 3Ds, you know, Mm -hmm. like a little bit more volumes to the flowers. Like Mm -hmm. I I would try some new shapes of petals I would find at Michael's, you know, some punches and play with it and a little bigger. and, And so I would just take some pictures and different colors 
And I remember the first time I did a rose that was about two inches diameter. Mm-hmm. I posted online and five minutes later, I have a lady and she says, oh, I need 80 flowers in black for like a retirement party. And I'm like, oh, okay. But the, I was selling them $2 each yeah. US. <laughs> so I called my husband. I said, in five minutes, I made $180 US. <laughs> <Yeah>. and I, <laughs> I thought I was like, just crazy. Like, like, like really people are just buying like that online. Yeah. Like if, uh, uh, just that rush of like, yeah. oh my goodness, there's that market. Yeah. So I started to kind of really wanted to explore the whole thing. And I was really, really excited. Sure. But also the, um, the transition from like the scrapbooking to paper flower making. I think I have to thank Anna Ferrer for more paper than shoes. Mm, yeah. yes. At the time when I was first starting, she contacted me via Etsy to be part of her blog. You know, she, she would do like a projects every month for mm-hmm. her followers. And she needed some ladies that were like, design uh, artist Mm -hmm. so she would give the challenges for every month and we had to do it and then put some pictures so our work were inspiration for Mm -hmm. like her thousands of followers wow I don't know if that that makes sense yes yes. yes. and so I thought it was really cool I mean that she thought of me you know to do that that's very generous (laughs) and she was making those super cute 3d paper flowers like they were like a lot bigger than my mini ones beautiful and I asked her how how she made them like I was just curious I wanted to learn so she she directed me to a couple YouTube video at the time there was not very many Mm-hmm. So you just take whatever you have. And I <laughs> looked at the, the technique, the basic techniques. And then I tried to apply that and create my own business. And from that moment, I like I appreciate, I appreciate so much at the, you know, Anna to give me that chance to be part of her blog and inspiration mm-hmm. for other people, mm-hmm. but also to grow myself as an artist, a paper flower artist. Mm-hmm. I went on my own side after like when the blog was done, you know, with, with mm-hmm. it. We, I continued to do this, my, my work on Etsy and she continued to do her works. But it, there was always this silent respect between paper flower artists like mm-hmm. I, I really love her style like what mm-hmm. she do you yeah know, what she did but I always worked double hard to make sure that my flowers did not look like hers out mm-hmm. of respect because mm-hmm. for me it's because of her yeah. I think she gave me that little push to this is where I am right now and yeah. Anna she's just so generous and really sweet, <laughs> sweet yeah. her work is beautiful and mm-hmm. she was also one of the first paper florists who I followed too because she was so so established actually by the time I was following her too yeah um, she's yeah, so well her, known in so the paper flower community yeah and this magical stuff that she could do with cardstock I think that kind of blew my mind even though I've never touched cardstock but I mean pretty much everything you guys do where you turn you literally turn a flat piece of paper into like a three-dimensional art. shape art it's yeah. amazing what you guys do yeah it's so interesting what your journey is because I mean it, it sounded like every step you took was in the right direction in the direction that you were supposed to go in the direction that that made sense to you yeah and I love that you followed your intuition and your gut that's it yeah and, and then it, grabbing that opportunity yeah. and recognizing it I think that's even more important yeah to stay true to myself to my guts and, and that's everything decision I took when I look back I mean it's all like it's a dec- decade I've been fortunate to to meet the right people at the right time and then like you said I followed my guts and I never forced anything you know when sometimes I have to force it yeah it's not me I, mm-hmm. I get bored easily or I get uh impatient so mm-hmm. it would not work anyways so everything it's just it just went so smoothly and then I, I would I would just get like inquiries and project after another and I'm like oh okay well okay <laughs> <laughs> about it tell us about like what would you consider as some of your most rewarding experiences well if I if I go back to the beginning when I start uh, doing weddings I remember one time Avon you know Mm -hmm. the Avon products they contacted me for flowers for their brochure like they wanted to do like a a photo sessions for like the jewelry spring collection and then they want a little paper flowers so that was for me like one of the first custom projects not just for like a wedding or Mm -hmm. but it was for a marketing like yeah like an agency like or a big brand like that mm-hmm. and I thought that was really really cool and I saw the potential of more of doing more and more work like that mm-hmm. and then not too long after that I was contacted by an agency in San Francisco mm-hmm. and I'm still working with them today oh that's, that's awesome. wonderful yeah how did you position yourself to work more in the commercial realm I think a lot of paper artists wants to know how they can position themselves I think is uh you have to be open back then like right now I, 
I'm at a point where I'm a little bit tired sometimes. So new challenges, I don't really care. Yes. So no, I totally understand. <laughs> back then, it's like I never say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I remember the first time a lady in Florida, like a, a big agent, agency asked me to do like giant paper flowers to do three walls that were eight feet by eight feet. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And I never done giant paper flower before. Yes. So, yeah. And then, you know, like doing the whole thing, uh, negotiating the contract and everything. And after that, like totally panicking. <laughs> but it's, I think it's this. Sometimes it's just to not be afraid to try something new and, and say yes to new opportunities. Mm-hmm. I think that's what happened. And also it's it goes from uh, word to mouth. Like you do one marketing projects and the agency looked at your work. Mm-hmm. And there's two agencies. There's one in New York and one in, in uh, California that I'm working like almost 10 years for them. So I'm in their book. Like if they need paper flowers, they come yeah, to me. Sometimes it's wonderful. Yeah. And, and you have to be ready for these type of marketing projects. You have to be ready to work on a very tight deadlines. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and then like for hours and hours and hours, like like rush. Can you give us an example of what, what you might be contacted for? Well, okay. A few years back, the agency contacted me. It was it was the third time I worked for Champagne, the Champagne Perrier Jouet, you know, like mm-hmm. the high-end brand of Champagne. Yes. And uh, they were doing the Miami art thing. So they wanted to um, have corsage, you mm-hmm. know, like like paper flower brooches for yeah. all their guests. And they needed 3,000 oh paper flowers. So I, and these thing is, you know, like the agency would contact me and say, okay, Chantal, we have an event that day and we, we would need that. Can you do it? And then I'm like, yeah, okay, I can do it. This is my price. Mm-hmm. So they have to go back to their client. And then, and it's like back and forth. And I know at all this time, like you you, you can lose like two weeks of <laughs> counting down yes. time. <laughs> you know, like the client says, okay, Chantal, it's a go. Mm-hmm. Often things like that, I prepare mm-hmm. myself mentally. Yeah. And I know the palette. I know what they, they want. So I start, mm-hmm. I start cutting. <laughs> because you were, ordering supplies yeah because mm-hmm. the brooches you need the magnets or you need the little pins so mm-hmm. all these supplies for me like i buy them in asia mm-hmm. because i can order like large quantity that's right mm-hmm. so but that takes time so yeah. i just prepare myself mentally mentally and physically i'm like okay i said yes to that job mm-hmm. it's 99 i'm gonna get it you know they work with me before they're happy yeah. with what i do and they know i can produce beautiful product quickly mm-hmm. i think that's the secret yes that is definitely the secret like they can trust you to deliver on time yeah. with what they ask, with all the things that is needed for that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then with cardstock, I know you ladies work with type paper and it, it's cutting. Everything is cutting. You cut yes. all the, everything is by hand. Yeah. Over the years with my husband, we, we came up with a way to cut my petals. He can cut hundreds of petals in a few minutes. Amazing. I, I need to know that secret. <laughs> like use a I saw, create, right? Yeah, we use a scroll That's saw. Crazy. Wow. My, my husband can't do any of that. <laughs> I know my husband can't either. <laughs> and you know, I've been so spoiled to have my husband cutting all my petals that sometimes if I have to work on a project and oh, I don't have the, the specific shape in a specific color and I have to cut it by hand, I'm like hugely annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> my own petals like really girl that is awesome that's an awesome problem to have yeah i love it so much (laughs) teamwork huh i know it's amazing does your husband help you a lot on various different projects uh yeah he does does a lot of well he does all the cutting obviously Mm -hmm. sometimes he would do some of the shaping because my peonies i don't know if you've seen some my youtube video or in the book how i I shape my peonies is i literally squeeze the petals inside a spoon Mm. One of those round measuring spoons. Yes. So you can, you know, you can do it. You can make quite a bit of peonies during a day, but after a day that they're pushing the peony yeah. into the like it's quite it's a hard work for sure and then so one time I was doing roses with the same technique for a window display for a Sask Fifth Avenue in Florida yeah and it was for a Dior display and it was like thousands of paper roses and of course the one that they wanted it was the one that I needed to squeeze all <laughs> into the spoons <laughs> I'm like oh my goodness so my husband one afternoon like he was watching the hockey game and when he watched the hockey game like he's really into it and he coaches the game really. <laughs> oh, the I TV. love that I laid all the petals in front of him and I gave him a spoon in his hand and he started squishing the petals for me. <laughs> and he's strong. So obviously he could squish like two, uh, two petals stick, you know, like yeah. he can do it. Oh my goodness. That was so helpful. <laughs> he did it all without noticing. Like he was coaching the 
game and <laughs> it was amazing he's a multitasker that's amazing <laughs> how rare is that <laughs> he's got a wonderful assistant <laughs> yes what a great partner to have in your life and then yeah. for you is my um, like he works too like he works in construction and since we moved to New Brunswick it's, it's not as uh, busy Mm-hmm. No, he's not working so many hours. So he, when I'm busy with big contract, he takes care of cooking and cleaning. Mm-hmm. So he's been really supportive. Aww. And then of course, when I need supplies, he goes to Michael's for me. Goes, what a wonderful man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he prefers to go to Michael's himself because he doesn't trust when I go there because I don't just <laughs> buy what I need. I'm like, oh, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> when I go by myself, so he prefers to go. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, Chantal, tell us about your book. And I know it was published a couple of years ago, but tell us a little bit of, you know, the thought behind your book, the process and the overall experience. When they first contacted me, it's Sage Street Publishing in the United States. They contacted me uh, on my Etsy shop and the lady starts like, I know it's not very professional to contact you here. And I'm like, okay, but what is this? Right? Like, I don't know. She was insecure. I'm insecure. Anyways. <laughs> She says, we really love your work. We've been following you on Instagram and we love uh, how you interact with people. We we love your flowers, your styles. And we were wondering if you'd be interested to put together a book teaching the techniques of paper flowers made with cardstock. But at first I thought it was a joke because, I mean, if they're following me, they probably see that I have a hard time to write in English. Like, I, I mean... <laughs> I write how I sound, right? Like it's, yeah. you can tell a lot of people when they, they read me in English, they know I'm French because I would reply to a client and then they're like, bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> I must have sound very French when I wrote that. <laughs> you want me to write a book? And I'm like, okay. But it was, a, it, it was a long process, you know, until I start working on the book. But they were super, super, super awesome to work with. A nice team and my editor. The only thing that they wanted is when I present my manuscript, they wanted to make sure that it was proper English. Like they have an editing, like the editors, like they can do their work for the last editing part of, but as for like the content, it Mm -hmm. had to be ready. Mm -hmm. So I wrote my manuscript in English, but my English, my French English, (laughs) (laughs) and I hired a lady who edit my text. Like she, my English, she corrected to proper English, Mm -hmm. but because she knew me, she really, she didn't lose my essence. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Personality, the sassiness in the text, she kept that, but using like the proper terms you know for some yeah. things I mean honestly even if we do speak English fluently it doesn't mean we can write <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's like almost two different things and some people for some reason when they're writing their personality does not shine through so mm-hmm. I don't think it's just you Chantel yeah. I, I think it's quite common don't don't doubt yourself so much because I think that your French English you know whatever it's just you well when I do I write my blogs I don't worry anymore it does the, the, the whole process of me writing it takes a very long time because the, I, the autograph and the grammar is very important. Mm-hmm. I know I still sound French when I write, but I'm, I'm not worried so much about that. I'm like, as long as I can get my point across, you know, yeah. that's, mm-hmm. that's, the whole that's point. more important. But yeah. for the book, because it was teaching techniques, so it had to be, you know, like the text where I describe why I did that. Yeah. It was but when I was teaching the techniques, it had to be just proper expression that need to be precise. Yeah, exactly. That was a challenge, but we uh, we survived. We did that. <laughs> the and picture, you shot all of the photos by yourself, right? I did. I did. Amazing. And, I mean, people don't realize, but I had to do all the project mm-hmm. and then yes. photograph. Yeah. And then after that, take the project, like, you, you know, like do the project by steps. People don't really understand. Like sometimes it's it's not just, oh yeah, I did a bouquet and take a picture. No, no. I have to show you how you make that flower step by step by step. Yeah. And take, like I had to, I had my manuscript and when I, every time I take a picture, I'm like, okay, I have You're to like take double checking, right? that step, you know, because yeah. I'm step number two. It's, that's what it says. The picture had to represent exactly like, you know, that. So, yeah. so there was a few things. Sometimes my editor says, okay, well, Chantal, we just need better pictures, more descriptive yeah. of, of what the technique is. Yeah. It was intense work for that part. The, the photography. Yeah. How long did it take you? Was it about a year? A year. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, year. I mean, your book is beautiful. It is. And beautiful I mean, the, photography. Yeah. Beautiful photography. I haven't read it. I mean, I've seen your work and I've seen some of your tutorials as well. And I can just imagine that the flowers in your book, in terms of instructions and how you've articulated how important it is to you, that you come across explaining those instructions clearly. I can only imagine that the instructions in the book would be just as clear 
clear and concise as you want it to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was important because it's for basically it's for beginners. Mm-hmm. Like if you've never made paper flower before, I don't just explain how I do my peony or how, you know, certain type of flowers. Yeah. But it's from the beginning, like to how to all the different techniques to curl. Like yeah. to, to shape up, up your paper, yeah. the glue I use, the floral tape, how I mount the flower on stems, how I assemble a bouquet. So it's it's all the steps. Like if you wanted to get started with the paper mm-hmm. flower making, the, the book is this for you. And then of course, some of my people that are been doing that for a long time, there's some chapters where I I had fun, you know, creating for events, like a tea party or yeah. a wedding or a shower. So I explained, I did a lot of research to share information. Mm-hmm. Uh, how we can use paper flower during those events and what we can do with that. Anyways, it's that book is a lot of fun. And of course, the last chapter is about giant paper flowers, how I do my wall. My wall are not are very different than what you see most of the time on Pinterest. It's, mm-hmm. I don't just make one kind of flowers or one size that are side by side. I like to be very organic looking, very mm-hmm. flowy. I like yeah. to use a lot of leaves and vines and different kind of shape of you know, funky shape yeah. just to make it look more fluid and just yeah, side, side by side. And, and that's one of the tricks I share in the book for the assembling of the wall and yeah. the material I use to create the wall. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a fun book. I, yeah. I'm really proud of it. It was a lot of work, but I'm really happy because so many people start making paper flowers, you know, discover this beautiful art. It, it still makes me happy. And now I'm even happier when I, I know that people are finding joy in learning to make paper flowers. Yes. So much fun. <laughs> I know it is. I love our craft so much. Just yeah. crafting, cutting those petals is so soothing and it's just wonderful to see just after an hour or two, you have a beautiful flower in your hand that you created. It's the most satisfying feeling to look yeah. at it and just like, oh, I made this. <laughs> it's magic. Like when I did the, I do my classes, but before, before COVID, you know, you can do classes in person. So I was with my little group and often, especially when it was the giant paper flowers, like they had this big sheet in front of them that I had pre-cut because I always pre-cut everything for my students. And the atmosphere in the room is always kind of, it's like if I can see a huge question marks, like mm-hmm. people are kind of feel a bit of insecure. They don't, they don't know what to expect. Yeah. They're like, how are we going to make giant paper flowers out of that? Right. Yeah. And then after a few minutes, a few shaping technique and then the glue gun and all of a sudden, let, let me tell you the atmosphere in the, in the room from like the beginning. And when they finished complete their first flower, it's like I can I can feel glitter literally I can, <laughs> yeah. I can feel the happiness and the, the the eyes of the people you know like it's like uh, illuminating yeah you know it's like oh my goodness I just made this giant paper flower it's like incredible it's just that it changes completely you know sure. like the, you feel like a proud parent when you see them it's like yes they did do it yeah <laughs> I love yeah, that yeah that's the best feeling ever mm-hmm. after a class I love it I'm very very and happy you teach a lot of classes do you not yeah since the book came out I started to teach classes here locally and as much as I love creating paper flowers for clients teachings makes makes me really happy so mm-hmm. I wanted to spend more time doing that. And of course, with the book, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a good way to promote. For sure. Yeah, so for sure. And you've already, I mean, like, and also in terms of time-wise, you've already made the flowers. You already have the instructions. You've already perfected the tutorial. It makes yeah. sense that you would also teach it. And some people just learn better with personal instruction. Yeah, you know? definitely. They love the book for reference, but if they can get to meet the artist, I mean, that's even better. Mm-hmm. So yeah. guys, get the inside track. Yeah, if you guys don't have bold and beautiful people, for flowers, you guys should check it out and buy mm-hmm. it. I mean, it's if you look at Chantal's flowers, that's what you're going to get. Yes. <laughs> you might not be able to make them as beautiful as her, but you make them your own and you learn like you're going to learn amazing techniques from her as well. Definitely. Well, you know, when I do my classes, every time at, at the end, the finished product of each student. Yeah, it's exactly like mine. I love that. It's wonderful. It's step mm-hmm. by step. And then if you follow that, uh, unless you wanted to personalize, like you say, okay, I'm going to take that technique and make my own. That's okay. But when we do our class together and I teach, let's see, like a beautiful peony bouquet, we do the three peonies in in a flower pot. Yeah. I mean, their bouquet is just exactly like mine. Oh, that must make the students so happy. I know. We just and then they go home and people are like what you did that and then yeah. so that's why like uh, it's this that makes me like book more and more classes mm-hmm. and private private workshop too because uh, people are like oh my goodness I want to learn to do that too yeah. and they can't believe they did that yeah <laughs> that feeling. Yeah. 
You have that feeling. Oh, you, I love you it. Yeah, repeat that feeling. And then with COVID, I, I moved the classes online. It's so sweet because now I can have people from all across Canada and or United States. And sometimes when I do my public classes, like my regular workshop, I have people from Europe too, you know, that are, is joining. And it's yeah. so nice, you know, like it's an international. international. <laughs> do you do for, just for French me. classes for people that, you know, in France or in the French Canadian part where you just run the classes in French? Yes, yes. Well, last week I did, I did two classes and it was in French. So that was nice just to be able to, when you speak of the heart, it's just a lot more easier, right? (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) All right. Now to our favorite part of the podcast is we always end the podcast with what do you drink? And if you do watch a TV show or you listen to a book, what do you listen to? Okay. Well, when I work during the morning, I love to have my cup of coffee, a Mm -hmm. nice cup of coffee that I refill many times because I like it hot. Um, But then uh, sometimes when I work on easier projects at night, I like to have my glass of wine, my red wine. (laughs) (laughs) And then I plug myself on Netflix or BritBox. I love to Mm. watch international kind of detective shows. Oh I once, um, because I was really busy with one project that was repetitive. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really have to watch, you know, look at my hand. So I watched a whole series, I think it was 20 episodes in Africa. Arabic with English subtitles. Oh my God. <laughs> talent, super talent. So talented. I wanted to, like I started to watch the first show because I was curious, yeah. and, but I was intrigued by the plot. I really wanted to know who killed who. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up watching the whole series and my husband's like, are you crazy? I'm like, no, this is so cool. I mean, it was in Egypt. So I get, I get to travel watching yes. this. Oh my and God, you're amazing doing that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I always tell Quinn, I can't watch these Korean dramas because I have to read the subtitle. How do I do it when I'm making flowers? <laughs> you have to do something that's really know. repetitive. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You got to find the right show for the right project. Yes. Can awesome. I do a recommendation for you guys? It's on Netflix. It's called Behind Her Eyes. It's a British mystery and it's really complex and there's a really weird twist at the very end that's very surprising. My husband and I watched it and we guessed it right before they re- they told us but it was only like maybe 10 minutes. <laughs> but they kept you on your toes and you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? So it's very intriguing. So oh, behind love, her eyes. I love British shows, you know, like mm-hmm. I really, really do uh, like Brit Box. Like mm-hmm. Brit Box. Oh my goodness, it's such a beautiful selection. <laughs> well, yeah, the British have, well, they have their own wonderful film industry. One of my friends actually works for the film industry. She's Canadian, but she moved over there because there's just so many opportunities to develop national television there. But they do a lot of, yeah, uh, murder mysteries. Mm-hmm. So I can see how you could be addicted to it. <laughs> <Chantal>. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on our podcast. We really enjoyed talking to you and just hearing about your paper flower journey. It's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah, so interesting. I can't believe the hour went by so fast. <laughs> I know. We can go on and on, eh? Right? Yes. Yeah, I know. Well, there's so much. Like, there's so much. You've been through so much and you do so much like so many little different things it's really interesting yeah because yeah. a lot of our listeners are well we, we have a range a gambit of different of people from levels. different places different levels different experiences it's really interesting hearing from you because you started so early and while the industry was different back then, just like the opportunities you were able to take on and recognize, I think that can teach a lot of us about how to approach these types of opportunities. Mm -hmm. And if you don't mind me asking you, what did you think was, and I know our hours up, but what did, like, how did you know, for example, when these, these agencies contacted you, like what made you know that it was the right project for you? Because you had mentioned before there was some that you would sign the contract and you would freak out. So somehow it's, it's really, it's really hard to tell because I think it depends on the communication. I'm very sensitive of how people will approach me. and just, you know, when they, there's inquiries, I have a vibe, like I can feel it. And I'm like, okay, well this, this is kind of, I like the way they approach the respect also they have toward me as an artist it's not just like okay well when you do that then they don't care like I so I, I see that like I feel this good vibe I'm like okay even though it's probably going to be something new for me 
or different. I can just, it's like a, a, a leap of faith, you know, you just, you just take it. And then after that, like you rush. I mean, it's not easy. It's, 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 it's huge. It's challenge. But once you're done and then your client is happy and then they share pictures with you after like the event of their, the, what they did with your creation. I mean, it's, it's so rewarding. Answer how I know. I think it's just like a gut thing. It's same with uh, when I signed the contract with Canada Post. Obviously, they wanted to have crepe paper flower for the stamps. Mm-hmm. And for me, I never done crepe paper flowers before. <laughs> so that was a big thing. And I was nervous. But I'm like, I cannot just say no to this opportunity. Like, mm-hmm. this is this great. I mean, yeah. it's a privilege to have your artwork feature in such a, sure. you know, like a timeless piece. Mm-hmm. Because people will collect the stamps and then generation down, they will see it. Yeah. What an honor to be asked to do that. Yeah. But this whole thing too, this whole process, it was the way I was approached as mm-hmm. an artist. The respect, the person, the agency had toward me, the way they asked, you know, about this whole thing. It's all about vibes like that. Yeah. And then if I feel comfortable, the way they contact me, the way they communicate with me, then I'm like, yeah, okay. Even though I'm, I've probably never done that before and I have to learn. Mm-hmm. And, and go crazy for a few days <laughs> it's worth it because it's it was done with respect that's important yeah that's great you know, you are, you're a person you're an artist you're not just a you know production crazy you just you yeah. wanted to have your art to be recognized and appreciated for yeah. sure that's great thank you. yeah that was yeah, a great thank response. you so much yeah thank you that was i think a thank you so much for joining us each week and listening to paper talk podcast this week podcast is sponsored by paper to profit So in chapter five, we talk about shipping and packing, which is the very, very important in our line of work. So Quinn, tell us a little bit about how you pack your paper flowers so that, you know, they'll arrive safely. Yes. I borrow a lot from the floral design side, the fresh flower people, because it's already been done. They've been doing it for decades. And if their system's not broken, hey, use it. So they talk a lot about mechanics and things, how to ship things. Apparently their products a lot more fragile than ours. Ours can be a little bit more sturdy and a lot more lightweight. And you never have to worry about a water source, which is fantastic. So for shipping, it's very important that your boxes are going to be doubled walled. And saying that there's a little bit of congruent packing in between the cardboard box. You don't want a very thin and flimsy one because you never know what's going to happen during shipping time. I hate to say this, but sometimes shippers, they throw the boxes across the room or they just throw it against the wall and they're not mindful. So it's your job to make sure that your flowers are secured and safe and reinforced inside the box. I try not to use any peanuts. I know there's a lot of peanuts out there that are more eco now, which is so fantastic. But I found that if I just use really simple tools, just like a foam cord where I kind of cut the foam cord down, but it's still intact. And I just fold it up like almost like a paper airplane and it kind of keeps the wall from collapsing down on itself. That's been one way for me to reinforce the inside of the box. And then I just zip tie or wire tie the individual stems onto the foam cord itself. Or if if I'm actually sending out a bouquet, I've actually, because it's quite large, I have a scrape box. I use 14 by 14 where the whole arrangement can actually go inside the box itself. I cut my foam cord diagonally. And so one side of the foam cord is actually the flower bouquet tied in, already arranged, ready to go. All they have to do is just untwist the ties and then the arrangements there. It's already been hand tied with a ribbon and ready to use on the day of their wedding. And then on the other side, I always make sure it packed really pretty. So there's tissues that they can open to reveal because they literally spent hundreds of dollars. I want to make sure that their flowers are beautiful. And also when they unbox it, it's going to be beautiful and magical at the same time. So think about your branding and how you would actually make it happen. I always include how to take care of your paper flowers and a personal note for myself, wishing them the most magical wedding day, something along that line, but just a little note saying that just thanking them for trusting my, myself to make their flowers for their special day because it's going to last for a really, really long time. How about you, Jesse? What do you do? That special touch is so important. I mean, it if is. you imagine yourself like receiving an order from, you know, your favorite artist and opening it up, that experience is just, it is magical. Yeah, I, I do make sure that my box is branded, but because I don't shove out a ton of things, I just, in the past, I've used a rubber stamp with my logo on it. But recently I've been using stickers 
instead. There's there's so much easier. <laughs> and because mm-hmm. I can also add a little bit of color to it. So I just use the stickers and I use, you know, at least three, you know, two, one on each side and then one at the top. And it's really nice when people get to open it and they like get to cut into your logo. It's like, it's like something, it's like just for them. They know it's not never been opened until they do. So it's really nice. I did try the foam cord trick with my sunflower and yeah, it helped. My understanding is that it held out very well, but I also did double box it as well, just because I was paranoid about this one, but I can, you know, imagine the foam core would be great at holding up the walls. What I've done in the past is I just use another box. So if there's another box lying around, which I usually do have another box lying around, I'll cut that up and put it on the sides so that in the corners so that it is sturdy, especially for my bouquets. With stems, I have tied them down in the past, either with foam core or just cardboard. It just depends on how it fits. But you know, surprisingly, um, stems hold up really well in boxes, especially because when I make them, I, I'm very careful with what I use to make them. And so if I know I'm shipping them really far, I don't tend to use very fragile paper, unless if it's like literally like tied down to something but if not then you know it's laminated it's pretty it's pretty durable the same thing with my bouquets and I've padded them a lot and they've always arrived as far as I know well but I do sometimes get paranoid about you know maybe the shippers putting something directly on top of a box that my boxes tend to be like 22 18 and then you know 10 inches so it's like really big without something in the middle like the bouquets right in the middle then I will I will put something in the middle whether it's a little triangle that reinforces it or something or other just to make sure that there's nothing that's going to be really heavy on top and placed right in the middle. And I always, what do you call it? I always use my, well, I've done two. Depending on the size of the box, I will put the entire box into a clear plastic bag, like a clear garbage bag and tie it up and then wrap it up. Or I will use packing tape and just tape the entire thing because I'm super paranoid Mm -hmm. about water. Even though when I ship things out, I always pay for the signature. I don't know why people never don't pay for signature. Like somebody's sent me something that's $400 and they didn't pay for a signature. It got lost actually. And I don't want that to happen to my baggage. I'm like really paranoid. And we also make things out of paper, right? So you can't just leave it in the porch, but you can't control what couriers do. You know, some people Mm -hmm. just whatever and they just leave it there. I get really paranoid about that so waterproofing my boxes yes are a priority for me because you never know yeah and the best deal you guys for clear packing tape is costco if you have a sam's wholesale (laughs) that that is seriously the best price and it's good too yes it's really thick it's yeah more high quality so instead of putting a plastic bag inside my box because to me that really lowers the quality or the magical feeling Mm -hmm. i really oh mine is on the outside yeah oh on the outside so on the outside I really use the clear massing tape on all the corners, all yes. the seams. Yes. And when you look like when yes. you look at my box, you're like, whoa, that is very taped up. But yeah. you know what? It actually keeps the box more secured mm-hmm. from maybe someone poking a hole. Because I actually had somebody ship me something and it got broken and there was a giant hole in the box. Oh, and it was, I was just like, oh my gosh. But so I always make sure that I really tape up my boxes. Yeah. So if you've seen some of my packaging, it is very taped up. <laughs> I know I it's but it's worth it mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter like as long as it gets there and it's and I know like a lot of minor ships like outside of Canada like I don't know how far it has to go right yeah so just in case I think it's better safe than sorry yeah and I see some crazy shipping sometime I'm following or tracking the box and it literally just has to go from Seattle to Texas but I see it going to Chicago then New York <laughs> and then Florida and then to Texas like that is such a roundabout way of doing it and I feel like I always pay for not ground shipping I always make sure that it's a few days so mm-hmm. The, the reason behind it is maybe it won't get lost because I paid a higher premium for it. I just, and what I do is I just pass that cost directly over to the client yeah. and I make it their decision. It's like, do you want it on this? I recommend this because of my experience and you explain why. And when you do explain why, they always says, yes, I do want that because people always want the cheapest thing, but sometimes yeah. the cheapest thing is not the best thing, you guys. <laughs> I think that's what happens when people do like a flat fee, like yeah. when you buy from the website and they just say, okay, it's just a flat fee and it's always going to be the cheapest one. But mm-hmm. as the seller, like honestly, as an artist, I don't want you to pay for the cheapest one. And yeah. I don't want to save my money because of that. Like you said, mm-hmm. I just pass it on. And I just yeah. tell them, I actually only give them those options that I want mm-hmm. because I don't think at the end of the day, it's worth the risk that it's going to get lost because someone else chose to be cheap about it or exactly. you want to save money. Yes. Um, and then you have to actually remake it or you have to like, and then like the customer is not happy, right? You can't blame the customer for yeah. choosing it in 
inexpensive shipping, but you can give them only options that you mm-hmm. want. And, and then what are they going to do? Ship <laughs> out three weeks before the due date. Do not leave it last minute because one, what if you do have to remake it? You're going to be scrambling. Yeah. And that would be the worst thing ever. So think about it. (laughs) Lots to think about. Yes. Please hit subscribe and write us a review. We would appreciate it so much. You can also support us as a patron on patreon.com. Your contribution would help us continue to create great content for you and the paper flower community.